0: God is good. All the time. God is good. Amen. Uh, Before I begin, I wanted to uh, make an announcement. And uh, this is one of those... uh, 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 I'm not much of a reader, some of you know. I'm an audible learner. But uh, it was about five months ago, actually. Five months ago, one of my pastor friends in this area told me how he has a friend... Who who, have, who had this book came out a few years ago, and is one. This is one, one of the first books that I read cover to cover three times in a row, let alone once. And I fell in love with this book called uh, the Insanity of God. He had two more books came out, uh, and uh, Insanity of Obedience, and a devotional that came out just about three months ago called uh, Insanity of um, Sacrifice. It's about missionary. Uh, his, his uh, pseudonym not real name is Nick Ripken went to uh, Africa ended up in uh, Somalia when the war was going on and, and Christians had been killed everywhere and out of that he saw, uh, he was really asking God, how do we minister in those places is God really alive in this generation is God really alive in a resur- God resurrected God so he went on a, uh, probably about next about 12 years or so, went through about 70 nations, interviewed about over 400 Christians who were persecuted over, over, over five continents, and and began to uh, really learn about and show how God moved, that God is alive. And and so this is really the movie that they made, a documentary movie they made, and we're going to have a showing of this movie, it is is uh, sponsored by one voice, which is uh, Howard County Pastors Gathering, I'm part of the leadership. We are having it at uh, Columbia President Church, which is just about three miles down the, on 108. And actually free, and, and then the, the amazing, not, not only we'll see a movie together, but also the author himself, we will have a Skype discussion, talk, and we'll have question and answer with him. Just to let you know, okay, his real name is Ken, uh, okay, okay, uh, Ken Perkins. You should you, 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 you didn't hear that from me, his real name is that because he has pseudonym because he didn't want anybody out there be uh, the uh, Christians who are, who are being persecuted get in trouble because of them. not only this is why he waited ten years after his interviews for book to come out so to make sure that this and, and you know there will not be any jeopardy It'll be an amazing movie it'll be about is Jesus is worth it. Just to let you know, we are in the works of trying to have Andrew Brunson to come and speak to us probably the next three months or so. And really, really, because I believe Jesus said, if if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Carry his course daily and follow after me. And following Christ is really a, and it's not just, it's not, yes, he, our salvation is, by grace, easy, but He paid the price. Our, our life in Christ often comes with persecution. Through persecution, we grow. God is good. Amen? Amen. Okay. So Today's message is the second, second message on this series. I'll just let you know, as Pastor Mima mentioned last week, as you go through the series of messages, series of you know, messages as a Bible study, as well as 40 days of campaign, we get resources from the Church that actually prepared all the material and brick Warren, and we, we will use some of the materials as a background resources to share the message so that I'm letting you know I'm not stealing, they told us to use it as much as we need to, but you know I want to do that. I wish that I had a time to make outline today. I didn't have time this morning, uh, um, Pastor Marty and uh, Paula left. The hotel at 3.30 in the morning, which is 2.30 because we lost an hour. I, had, I slept two and a half hours to go and pick them up, took the airport, when uh, I so didn't have time to get anything done. Anyway, just to let you know, but I'm excited about what God has for us. Uh, this weekend was amazing, and, and one amazing time. And God, I told our leaders, our people uh, yesterday, we didn't have a speaker come, we had a friend come. Friend who loves God, friend of God who come, comes as a friend to us—it's amazing time. And and it was good today. Uh, the title of the message—I couldn't decide the type, title, title, but I just at the end I put it in. The, it is now time to dream. It is now time to dream. Let me begin by saying this, okay? You know, last week Pastor Me shared the message saying. I don't know if you got all those 12 reasons why you should know your God's dream for you. Remember, she shared the message about, about 12 reasons why you should know God's dream for you. If you don't know God's dream for your life, you will just, sub, just survive in this life. You will not really thrive and live as God fully wants you to live and be alive. And as some people ask, you know, I, I missed some of the blanks. So I, I, I sent out some of those that answer sheets to people. Ask. I'll send it out to you if you want. Okay? Today we are really going into even if even, even when I know God's purpose and plan and dreams for my life, number one reason we do not follow, we do not chase after the dreams that God has for me or live out or live out God's dream for my life is because of our past. Our past. As, you know, and so this is the verse, uh, I believe this is the verse God is giving to us today. It says in Isaiah 43, verse 18, Do not call to mind the former of things, upon the things of past. Behold, I will do something new. Behold, now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness. This is where the song comes from, Waymaker, He make a way where there is no way. Rivers in the desert. I know I preached on this thing a number of times, and it's one of our favorite verses. But to, and as I was preparing the message, I realized something I should have already known. Already know and I should have remembered. But God reminded me, and gave me a new thought about this this passage of Revelation. The context of this verse, if you go to look at Isaiah forty-three, let me just give one minute, two minute explanations. It's not in my notes. If you go into that context. What happens is, now Israel is in, in Babylon because they have sinned against God. They chose us against God in, by punishment, by, by, because they rejected God. God rejected them. They are now in exile in Babylon. And then said, so God is God, you know, and God says, remember how I opened the Red Sea and brought your ancestors out of Egypt. You remember how I made a way for them and brought them into the promised land. Then God says, do, remember, do not remember the former things. See, think about it. naturally it is good to remember what God has done in the past. But God says, No, because I'm going to do a, such a new and greater thing, don't even remember, don't even think about what I've done before. Don't even just Don't dwell do on what you have done wrong. Do not even think about do, do not even dwell on what I've done before because I'm going to do a new thing. Wow. Our God is saying. You have broken, you have fallen, you have all that, but I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to restore you. It's not just about God because I'm going to do a new thing, but I am restoring you. I'm going to make all things new. Number one reason we struggle, we walk, we do not follow after God, we do not live the dream God has for us is because we think we are disqualified. It's our past. Through the retreat, God was giving me some thoughts. There's a, one of the, some of the powerful spirits that are working in people's lives is spirit of rejection. You feel rejected. And a spirit of negation that I'm not good enough. A spirit, spirit of disqualification. I, I mess it up. I'm not qualified anymore. And often we feel like the God's plan for me, I missed it. No more plan A for me. It must be plan B or C or D, or whatever, F, G, H, H, whatever, all that. No more plan A. Sometimes we even teach that. If you mess bad enough, you miss out your plan A of, of God for your life. Is that biblical? But to be honest, I even sometimes I even, I even said it. No, you never God, ne, God you never lose your plan A of God in your life. You don't. This is not my, in my note, this just came to me right before while middle of praise. God reminded me the best illustration is Israel. Remember Israel, how God took them out of Egypt. They didn't do anything wrong, but they were in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years. God brought them out in power with opening the Red Sea, giving them brought in the Promised Land. In the on the, the way, they stupid things, and first generation didn't make it. Only second generation made it into it. But you know, while they're in the Promised Land, after many years, they disobey God. They reject God. They they get kicked out of the land, go to Babylon. But God's grace, God brings them back. Right? But it didn't end there. When when the time of salvation came, when Christ came, they rejected him. They rejected the salvation. And so what happened was, most of Jewish people ended up falling away from God. Living away from God. But now, look at now. Now, about 2,000 years after the God Remember His promise that God is bring them back to the promised land. God will restore all the promise God has given. There there will be God's people. They will be the source of God's blessing to all the nations of the world. God's plan has never given up. Even after many, many major failures. That is good? Let me move on. You see, James chapter 3 verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many ways. Right? We all st- stumble in many ways. And NLT says, we all make many mistakes. Isn't that true? How many of us say, I, how, how many of us say, I never make mistakes, other than my wife? How many of us say, I never make mistakes? I've never seen my wife make mistakes. In 35 years, only three times. Anyway. <laughs> And it's, it's easy. Contemporary English version says, "All of us do many wrong things, right? This is truth in this life." And the Bible says, Romans twenty three, 23, "For all have sinned, all of us have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God." This is truth. We all fall. In midst of that, we feel like we have walked. We have. I've lost. God's promise for me. I lost God's plan for me. I lost God's dream for my life. Funny thing, yesterday at the Richard center, they began with me missing things. I went to morning prayer, and, and ladies were oh, there praying with me, and Robert. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's becoming one of my favorite men ever. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, and, and, and then I realized, I want to go back to the, the room to change a little bit, I forgot my keys. I couldn't go back because I don't want to wake my wife up. And then, and then yesterday, we were going crazy because we, my wife thought she lost her eye watch. Later, I found it was my, my fault. <laughs> so my, and, and so we were going, we, I looked over the room three, four times, checked all the cars. Watch is missing. Keys mixed, I cannot get in. Watch is missing. You, you lost your time. In the night before, Pastor Marty talked about how he saw a, a word of knowledge about people who lost rings. Guess who raised hands? Pastor Mimi and me. We, we lost our wedding rings. I lost, I lost twice though. I lost twice, not just once, twice. Pastor Mimi lost hers and then our admin in our church, Janice, lost the ring. Somebody blurted out, all the pastors lose their rings. Everything just happens, you know, just losing things. But you know what? Yesterday, after all that, I found everything back. You know, we we found the watch. Thank God I didn't have to buy a new watch. I watch for her. You see, the word of God says Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The Son of Man, Jesus came to find and restore the lost. Listen very carefully. Often some of we spiritualize things. We think this is only about salvation, going to heaven. No, He came to find and save and restore the lost. Our God is God who restores things. Amen. Okay, and uh, what I want, and and I just want to share five things about uh, how to uh, how to uh, dream again. Dream. Live, your, live our dreams in spite of our past failures. Five things, okay? Some of the wordings, headings are not mine, Is Rick Warren's. He's better with words than mine. First of all, it says, uh-uh. I, number one, honestly accept responsibilities for my poor choices. Because we all fail, we all make mistakes. We, we often we drop the balls all the time. And first thing you do is to restore, be restored to God's dream for my life is honestly accept responsibilities for my poor choices. Do not be lame by blaming others. Okay, somebody said, you know, and Rick Warren said, I, he's so smart. Blame is being lame, blame is being lame. Okay? Blame is being lame and blaming somebody else. And often we blame or somebody, I didn't have this, and somebody did this to me, rather than accepting my poor choices. That's true. Now, I want us to remember the story and what happened, to, or what happened to Peter when he betrayed Jesus three times. I want us to think about the story a little bit, and I think in that story you'll we'll find four common reasons how, why we make mistakes, why we fail. Why we uh, make bad choices? Why we do wrong? Why we sin or not? Number one, pride. Remember, you remember the story how God the night before Jesus goes to cross, Jesus says, "Tomorrow, all of you are gonna desert, desert me." Jesus said, "I'm going they'll they'll take me to cross, they will kill me, but you you all of you will desert desert me." Not that okay. I'm a fob okay desert then desert are difficult to anyway remember peter says said even if everybody falls away i will never do that even if everybody else walk away i will never do it first thing happens was he was not me maybe everybody else but not me there's a pride and and that that's one of the first first thing that happens when we are born and, and it this can never happen to me we are fast-tracked to making bad choices and mistakes. You know, and a smart person is the one who realizes, you know, I am a weak person. I can make mistakes. I can fall. I know who I am. So that I am be careful. I order my ways. But when I think I can do anything and everything, at any time, and then easily we fall. Isn't that true? Second thing is that fatigue... And that night, you know, Jesus uh, takes disciples to Gethsemane to pray. And out of the twelve, he takes three, go a little deeper and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pray. Why don't you pray with me for one hour? Just one hour. Jesus goes and pray and he comes back, finds them. What are they doing? Having party? What are they doing? Sleeping, right? And Jesus said, can you not keep one hour in prayer with me? One, just One hour. You see, Robert has been become my favorite person lately. He's been keeping up one hour in the morning to pray, seek God together. And remember what Jesus said. Jesus returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. The Spirit is willing, but your body is weak. When we are tired, when the body is weak, when you're fatigued, we often make bad mistakes. I think there is a, a quote, I think where, let me find if I can find the quote. Fatigue makes the coward, I think, coward of us all, something like that. Let me, if I can, let me find the quote. I like the quote. If I can find this. Give me a second. One second. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Vince Lombardi said it. Fatigue make, fatigue makes us makes cover of us all. When we are tired and we tired physically weary, we can easily make mistakes. Isn't that true? You know, as a pastor, I know as a, a minister, Monday is always a toughest day because can I live for the week, weekend. So when, and this is when we do everything. Weekend is what Pastor Mimi and I sort of live our week for, preparing for everything. And for two hours of Sunday worship, I spend whole week getting ready. We do all kind of thing. By Monday morning, Monday morning, I'm tired. My body is tired, and I realize oh, some, some certain days Monday is the worst day. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like doing anything, and I find it is a day that I struggle the most, many different ways. There was season in you know, Monday mornings. I will go and see a movie. I mean, some of you, I don't know if some of you remember, I used to. Spoil all the movies, people. But pass the cue to not spoil the movies. I will go on Monday. I see a movie. And I tell people movie I saw, and I just doing you know, stupid things. Anyway, when you're tired, third things, fear. There is a amazing story. A uh, uh, detail in the story how you know, it says when Peter when Jesus was taken by the people and go and 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 taken to the. Uh, uh, high priest's house, and Bible says in Mark fourteen. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance. And you know, you know, Peter said, "I will never, I will never desert you." But he did. Now, when Jesus is being taken, he's in the back, following at a distance, and and, right, and went right into the high coast uh, priest courtyard. I mean, this is, I mean, still better than nothing, but still he was at a distance, why? he was fearful, what if people find out who I am, what if they was recognize me with Jesus fear, what if they know what, what, if, what, 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 are, what would people think about me what would they say about me, often when you're fearful we make mistakes when you're fearful we take, make wrong choices, definitely does look at the next line, He says there he sat with the gods warming himself in the fire his, his master, Jesus is being mocked and tried and all that in front, He is now warming himself with these people who are in, in, in the courtyard. What is he doing? The fourth reason he often make, make mistakes and do wrong things is when we are looking for temporary short-term pleasures instead of long-term good. When you choose. Little things, you know, you know I, 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 I like the new, new phone. I want to get it right now. You pay, you buy it now, you pay, and then, then you know, later, you may enjoy it now, but now you, your wife will yell at you. Okay? You think about long-term what is right, what is right and, rather than, and when I choose little thing right now, little enjoyment, little pleasure right now, we often make mistakes. Up and fall. Very, 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 very true, isn't it? We do this all the time. Pastor Marty was making so many corny jokes. Talked about apple. But some people are not buying apple. I'm not buying this, you know, the demonic thing. You know, and you see that, you know, the apple logo has a bite, up, bite in it. I'm not buying anything with that demonic logos on it. And because, why? Because remember Adam and Eve, they ate Apple. No, they are not an apple. But anyway. Forget that, okay. Bad. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the gods, warming himself by the fire. Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. He said, I will never do this. But Jesus said, you know what? You will. And before... The cock crows twice, you would have denied me three times. I want you to hear, I want you to hear this, this thing, what Jesus says. When Peter failed, I want you to think about it. Peter did fail as Jesus said he would fail. Look, a couple of things. Well, look, what it says. Jesus, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift each of you like wheat. Satan has planned to pull you down and, and sift you. You know what Jesus says? But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon. When Peter failed, Jesus was not surprised. Oh, huh? Did he do that really? He knew he, he, he failed. He will fail. Not only that, he said, that and Jesus, I pray for you. And then not only did he, did he not, did he know that he will fail, but he also prayed for him. He prayed, I pray for you. If Jesus prayed for you, you know God answered the prayer. If Jesus prayed for you, you know that you'll be okay. And look what he said. Jesus said that you, your faith will not fail you. Third, third thing, look at this. And when, so when you have repented and turned to me again, Jesus, Jesus knew not only you'll fail, but he prayed for me. He knew that you will be restored. He knew that you'll repent you'll turn back to him. Look at the last thing. I love this thing. When you have repented and turned To me, again, strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. He says, you know what? What what you learned there, I want you to help others with it. Not only say, his failure never surprised Jesus. Jesus prayed for him. He knew that he would be restored. And Jesus had purpose and plan even through his failures. Even through his failures. Isn't that good? And often we think because I failed, I've done wrong. That God, how could God ever use me again? How could God keep the purpose? How could can I? How can I continue in the dream God has given given me? Because I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. I walked away. No, God said, I God. I, God said, I knew you would fail. God, said, I pray for you. I know that you will be restored, and that you'll turn your failures into. We, in a way in which you will help others. And the third thing you do to uh, follow the dream God has given for you, live in that way, despite your failure, is humbly ask for God's mercy. Third, uh, humbly ask for God's mercy and forgiveness. And you acknowledge, God, I did wrong. I Accept, take the responsibility. Second, you humbly ask God's mercy and God's forgiveness. I want you to see Psalm 51 when David, who after sinning a um, atrocious sin, you know, the, you know, when how he stole his one of his men's wife and a, a affair with her, and, and and all that, and got her pregnant, and all that, and how he got his that soldier. That get killed, and how he you know, uh, took that woman as his wife, and how God came and said, you have sinned. He repents before God. See what he says. After great sin, have mercy on me, God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stains in my life. Wash me clean from my guilt. Sometimes when you, often when you fall, when you m- m- sin, when you m- make mistakes, you don't know how to pray. Do what David did. Wash me clean from my guilt, God. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize, recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. He goes on to say, but you have, you desire honesty from the womb. Teaching me wisdom even there. God wants me to be honest, owning up to what I've done, what I've failed. Come God, I have failed, I have sinned before you. God desires honesty in me. And then he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew need a your spirit within me. Do not take your spirit, your, your presence from me. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me, he goes on to say. Look at the next thing. I, I'm so amazed here. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Make me willing to obey you. Look at the last thing. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to me. He repents. God, I need to come and make me clean. I need to wash me, God. And make me everything right. And you know, at the end, he remembers what, what God did. Jesus said, then you, then you will restore, strengthen your others. Same thing uh, David says. Look at this amazing verse, right? Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things. What things? All things. Only successes? No, even failures and brokennesses. Our wrong choices. All things to work together. Not that everything is good, but some of the things are horrible, horrendous. To work for good, together for good. To everyone? No. To those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. It is not for everyone. It is for those who love God and call by His name. And God works all things, even our failures and our brokenness, our weaknesses, for good. There's a quote that uh, uh, Pastor Marty quoted, and I I hear it everywhere. Satan knows your name, but he calls you by your weaknesses and your sin. But Jesus, our God knows our weaknesses and sin, but he calls us by name. Listen carefully. The enemy calls us by our weakness, but our God, knowing who we are, knowing what we have done, he calls us by name. This is why in the Bible you always find God giving people new names. God gave Jacob. He was from birth. He was a selfish, you know, a cheater. God gives him a new name, called him Israel, Prince of God. God gives him a new name. God calls you by new name in God, not by weaknesses, not by brokenness. Mario was having such a fun about fun with this uh, this thought. You know, blind body mess. We know blind body mess. When he talks to blind body mess in the Bible. He God. Healed, he's no more blind. But we still call him by blind, blind, blind body mess. The woman is the issue. you. We, we don't know her name. We only know her as a woman who had twelve years of bleeding. But and but remember that when Jesus healed, when she, that woman was healed, Jesus called her daughter. Daughter, God sees us differently. In often we think we serve God best in our strength. If, I, if, if I, I, I love God with my strength. But you know, we encourage others, we bless others more through our weaknesses. Let me say that again. God, people are blessed more through our weakness. Not that we want to sin more, no. Our brokenness, our, our weaknesses encourages others. That God can heal them as He has healed me. It is our brokenness He uses See, not this is wrong. 2 Corinthians 1 6, 1, 6 says, if, Apostle Paul said, if we suffer, it is for your good, for your help and salvation. If we are helped, then you too are helped and given the strength to endure with patience the same sufferings that we also endure. You know what Apostle Paul says here? You know, we suffer for your sake. Yes, we suffer, but it's not just for us, it's for your sake. When I suffer, it was what you call redemptive suffering. I suffered for your sake. Because when, when, when God comforts us, we get to comfort you. We get to help you to endure the things we went through. God is saying, your brokenness, God wants to use you, not when you're perfect, God wants to use you now. God wants to use you in your weakness, in your brokennesses. That's our God. Uh, let me stop. Here. I want to stop here a little bit. Think about this. What is the thing that you struggle most in your life? Thank you. <laughs> think about it. I want you. And I, I don't. And it's just a rhetorical question. I want you to think about this, right? I want you to think about this. What is the thing that you you struggle most? having... Things which haven't been, have been most difficult in your life. I believe God will use that to encourage others. What is the thing that you had to patiently endure in your life? Think about it. God wants to use that to give endurance to others as well. We think that I, you know, God uses me when I'm strong and good. No, oh, God uses us when we're av- available. It's not our strength that He saved us with. Remember the gospel? gospel is, for by grace you have been saved through faith. We are saved by faith, through grace. We are saved by grace through faith. It was, we, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But God saved us by His grace, not because we are good. The only thing we did to be accepted by faith. And if, if that's the case, same thing. God who knew our brokenness, our sin, even before we were ever came to know Christ, He knew the things, sins that are, and failures that I would make, even later. And He still forgave us. All our sins are forgiven. And when we, when He saves us, He wants to restore all those things as well. Amen? Third, gratefully accept God's amazing grace. I don't know why many of us struggle. Can God really love me? And I feel like I don't deserve to and receive God's love. And I, and I, I, I cannot. I, the Bible says God forgives me, but I cannot forgive myself because I, you know, I did such a stupid thing. How could God? How, I cannot forgive myself. If you if you ever thought that way, I want you to know. I want you to hear. Are you better than God? Are you greater than God? When God said, I forgave you. I forgive you on the cross by the work of Jesus. Who are you to say, I cannot forgive myself? Are you better than God? God knows everything. One, it's one of the greatest things you have to understand, we need to be good at receiving God's grace. Receiving God's grace has to be, has to become easier and for us. I'm not saying take it for granted. I used to say about, this, this is, this was a Korean saying. Korean phrase I use. We used to talk about being thick-skinned. Thick, uh, thick-skinned skin, okay? In Korean, we say, <laughs> you have a thick skin. You know why? Because often I sin the same thing over and over. I come to God, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I did it again. The enemy say, you stupid. You did it again. You didn't really repent. You didn't really believe in God. Condemns me all the time. And I don't feel like coming to God. Because I feel like I'm disqualified. If God really loved me, if God really forgave me, how could I do it again? But we often do again. How many of you never do do the sin again? I do again, often again. Ask my wife. I put my socks out there for 35 years. Never changed. And then she saw me, my daughters, all sitting on the sofa with the socks on the ground, putting fingers through our feet. (laughs) Oh, and touching the feet, all of us together. And father like, daughters like father, right? Oh my goodness. Think about it. Good Christian, a child of God, is one who knows the love of God enough, even though I've done stupid things, horrendous things, I know Father forgives me. You have to be good at receiving God's forgiveness. He loves me. If you do not come, I don't think I will love you. you. You are doubting His love. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. Whether you said the same thing a thousand times or ten million times, He'll still forgive you. You. You, you, you. Okay? Yes. You. Yes. This is important. And the thing is, Gratefully, We thankfully accept God's grace. Amazing grace, right? Amazing grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. He still loves us. Because of that, God says, fourthly, generously, forgive those who hurt you. Not only do we accept God's amazing love gratefully, But we also need to generously forgive those who hurt us. This is important. That's part of God's being restored to God's dream for my life. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. He said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins either. This is important. How do we get back? How do we get back to the dream God has given us and walk in that way? Yes, we acknowledge, we honestly acknowledge and accept our responsibilities, humbly ask God, God's mercy and, and, and forgiveness. We gratefully Gratefully accept God's amazing mercy. Fourthly, yes, we uh, choose generously to forgive others. Forgive others. Forgiving others. Not easy. And I wish that all of you were there yesterday when Pastor Marty gave his last message. I loved it. Talked about, you know, I'm just, you're just kidding, just, I'm butchering this because I don't have time. Talked about how, who dropped you? Who dropped you, who hurt you in your life and who put scars in you you know, and that uh, that unless you let that go unless you forgive you cannot move on I tell you you know, and, and, and you know I, just like all of you i have I have pains and scars, and I, I thought I repented and I, I Ask God to I, I asked God and I did forgive many many times. The still scars left. I remember talking to my Abby's uh, and Abby's what do you call my my daughter Abby's boyfriend. Okay, now yes, you know, now now acknowledge his her boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> it takes a long time to acknowledge. But you know the funny thing is, his dad was my college roommate. I mean, all of us today, you know, we feel righteous anger, especially if you hurt somebody I love, I feel more righteous anger. Yes. We do. Yes. We do that. More than me. You know, I get hurt, it's okay. You know, it's still difficult. But if you hurt somebody I love, you, you will be dead. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And so here Jesus said, "For unless you forgive, because the greatest one who imitates God is doing the greatest thing Jesus God did. He gave. Even to die on the cross. That's He forgave. That's how He saved the world. The dying for us. Right? And how, That's how He forgave. On the cross, first thing He says, Father, forgive them. Those who are killing Him, they don't know what they're doing. Forgiving them. You see, it begins with God's grace. When God's grace touches us, we, we, begin, we learn to forgive. You let go. It's not only once once time. It's many, many times you need to do that. And not only, not only forgive, but scars had to be washed away. One of the miracles that uh, um, the Mahdi was talking about, I love it, was in, the, in Georgia, in baptism, the, God, the girl who was cutting herself with all the cuts on her arm and her legs she had, and she came, and, and when she got baptized or not, and all the scars disappeared. Not only pain but scars disappeared. Our God is God who heals. For God to restore the dreams He has for us. The fourth thing is generously. Forgive those who hurt us. And finally, fifth, and courageous with that, courageously face the future with faith. You see, you see, you see it's time to dream. We begin, by, we begin by saying you need to know what God's dream for you is. And then as you do that, you need to make sure that you, you don't feel disqualified. You, you, do not, you don't have to let past hold you back. You move on by, by letting these things go and, and walking in God's grace. This is why I go back to the passage. to not call to mind the former things Upon the things of past. Behold, I'll do something new. Now it will spring forth. Not just come forth, but spring forth. Hey. Alright, amen? Yeah. Okay. It will just come out. Will you be aware of it? Yes. I will make a way. In a way there is no way. He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He will make rivers in the desert, in a dry and barren land. When there's no water, everything dies. Everything dies when there's no water. When the river begins to flow in the desert, everything comes to life. Amen? So here's the thing. Here's a homework for you this week. You ask God and talk to God. What is the thing which is most difficult in my life? And I ask God, how would you use that to bless others? What was the thing that you had to patiently endure more than anything else in your life? God, how are you going to use that to help others to endure and be encouraged? You see? Because God is taking us out of our past into future. Amen? The choices be made. Because He died on the cross. I ask the priest to come. One of my favorite passages, you know, some of you know that I memorize Holy Ephesians for six chapters, hundred fifty-three verses. Every week I go through it, I memorize it, and I review it, and I pray through it. Tuesday is one of my favorite mo- prayers. Tuesday morning I go through chapter two of Ephesians, and I, in my prayer, I meditate, I pray through Ephesians two. This is when he says, chapter two, verse four. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. When you are dead in our transgression, He made us alive with Christ. I was dead in sin, living in sin. I was a child of wrath, the Bible says. I was living according to the way of the world. I was following the spirit of this age, the the demons. I was living according to the lust of the flesh. I was a child of wrath. I had no hope. I was dead. I had no hope. Everything died in me. No hope. Nothing left. But the Bible said, but, God has a big but. But God, rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when you're dead, He made us alive together with Christ. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in Christ in heavenly places. I love that God made me alive. Raised me up. And Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, Therefore we are His workmanship, His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared Him before us so that we might walk in it. We are now a new creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works. God planned it so that we may walk in the thing. That's who we are. You see, as ye, when God says, "Time for you to dream again," God is now time to not think about the past. You, you look what I'm doing. God says, because I'm making all things new. Jesus says, because He said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things passed away; new things have come. That's our God. God's. Giving you, restoring you the dreams again. Not not dream plan B but plan A. Not plan B but plan A. Because God's gift for us is irrevocable. Whatever God gives doesn't take it back. His anointing giftings are not revocable. He has given it to us for gifts. Doesn't take it back. That's God doesn't say you missed it, now only you can only be, make it to be or see. No. God said, I will restore all things in you. You have, you, are, you have not lost God's dream in your life. You can walk in that. Amen. Let's watch